Today, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler catches up with Brennan Turner to chat about the changes in his company and the markets. Brennan, first off, let's start with the fact that uh, we have a name change with the company. Over the last couple of years, we've, we've developed a new platform um, for cash grain trading, um, specifically called Combine, C-O-M-B-Y-N-E. And the purpose behind it is that we're literally built a tool to, to help share deal communications or deal intentions with your existing trading networks. And so um, now that we've, we've started to, to um, integrate with a couple uh, tools that are used by buyers and farmers alike in terms of digital tools, farm management system, precision ag platforms, contracting tools, um, by literally combining those trading networks, deal communication, and integrations with tool use, it just made sense to, to brand our company as, as Combine X. Well, let's focus in on the markets, and if you don't mind, take us through some of the highlights. You'd have to be living under a rock to, to miss out some of the action in the in the in the grain markets these last month this last month or so. I mean, specifically in in April alone, you saw um, canola prices on the futures board jump by close to twenty one percent. I mean, corn prices on the futures board were up about twenty three percent. Hard red spring wheat up by about twenty three percent. And again, that's just in one month. And you know, really what that and specifically this is either for front month contracts for spot movement, not necessarily for new crop, although new crop did see some some similar gains on the futures board. But the the bottom line is that we've got a really, really strong demand function right now. Um, you know, there's there's just with COVID there's been supply constraints or supply chain concerns, um, some 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 uh, tighter carryouts than what I think a lot of people were expecting smaller crops and what we were kind of anticipating back in the fall. Um, and and all this combined with the fact that there are some moisture concerns to start the, the, the new crop growing season. Um, this is just amplifying prices to, to levels that um, we haven't seen, I mean, for corn and soybeans, we haven't seen these prices for eight years. For hard red spring wheat, we haven't seen these prices since 2017. Um, and for canola, obviously, it's been a couple of years since since uh, canola prices have been up near the, the $20 handle a bushel. So, um, you know, it's a combination of some weather concerns, but mostly demand right now. And um, there's a lot weighing on the upcoming growing season. What kind of a shift do you think we're going to see as far as acreages? Although stats can, in their seeding intentions report at the end of April, suggested that uh, there would be less spring wheat acres, a lot of that is specifically in the hard red spring wheat category. But what we do know that seed wheat, um, specifically those low-protein varieties like soft white, CPS, GP, specialty purpose, those, those type of, of wheat classes still are in really, really strong demand, not just internationally, but obviously domestically here at home, because those prices tend to track the futures prices in Chicago, which are, are closely correlated against corn. So bottom line is that I think there's actually going to be more low-protein wheat uh, planted than, than what um, Stats can is suggesting. But that being said, I mean, you look across the board, be it peas, uh, lentils, feed barley, um, canola, obviously, brown flax, like all of these prices, all these crops are, are having really, really strong prices right now. And so I think more than anything, there's probably going to be a rotation that wins out at the end of the day. Um, and, and the other thing to keep in mind here that, at the, that really commodities are in a, in a kind of a boom cycle right now. But we always know that cycles tend to, tend to drag out for, for a year, maybe two, and then start to pull back. So, you know, frankly, I look at this year, regardless of, of acreage intentions, I look at this year as an opportunity for farmers 
to strengthen their balance sheets and um, regardless of what they're planting because again you know, regardless of almost the commodity, you're seeing some really good returns right now. That's Brennan Turner with a Combine Egg for Golden West. I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. Keystone Agricultural Producers has made a submission to the Canada Grain Act review. Here's CAP President Bill Campbell. I think the overall messaging is that. Uh, through meeting, committee meetings and consultations and uh, producer engagement that uh, I would say a mass, vast majority of producers want to see uh, the Grain Commission uh, maintain its role and be able to uh, be oversight for the grain industry. Uh, I think the primary concern is to protect uh, producers' rights and interests. And so... Uh, you know, there's a lot of um, a lot of detail when you get into that. You know, overall mandate that the Grain Commission has. Um, you know, we we deal with a few things with regards to, uh, you know, uh, the grading and the dockage. Uh, some of those aspects. Uh, there's, um, you know, the mandate of enforcement of the powers that the uh, uh, Grain Commission has. Uh, also, producer protection uh, payments. Uh, with uh, regards to licensing of facilities. Uh, So there's, um, you know, a a lot of things that are involved in the Grain Commission. When you look at the the history, I believe it was um, uh, enacted in 1912, and it has gone through, um, you know, um, relatively stable times. And we have seen changes with regards to the grain industry. So modernizing it, I think, would be beneficial. And some of the the aspects have changed within regards to producers um, raising uh, grains and the marketing of grains have changed somewhat and our customers and, and all of that. So, um, But I think we need to ensure that producers' rights and interests are protected in all of this. Um, um, it's, um, you know, it's essentially we are the producers of the grains. So, um, yeah, I, I think that there is some ability to modernize and, and be up to date. I, I think that that would be beneficial. And um, just wanted to touch on uh, seeding here uh, for a few minutes. You know, how are things um, coming along across the province? Well, um, you know, with COVID, we haven't traveled too far and now even with further restrictions. But from what I gather, that I would suggest that most guys have, have begun to seed. I know there are. Um, you know, individuals that haven't quite uh, got there yet, but it's, uh, you know, it has been cool and, and that. But I would suggest that, you know, there's pretty widespread seeding of cereals. Uh, uh, most guys, I think, will be waiting for warmer soil temperatures before we get into the oil seeds and, and, and that part of it. But uh, I think they're finding most guys are relatively happy with seedbed conditions, uh, some areas are a little concerned about drying out on the topsoil, but uh, uh, the rain on the weekend will help a little bit with that part. But, uh, um, you know, it's progressing, I would suggest, favorably. Um, the other part that, that looks positive, it's relatively early yet. And uh, when we look to some of the signals that Mother Nature gives us with regards to growing, um, you know, we've seen limited uh, greening up of the grass, the trees are not necessarily um, coming out yet, and 
I don't think I haven't seen a wild oat yet, and that's generally a true indicator when uh, it's a good time for um, seeds to be in the ground. That was Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Wassler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.